passed, he became like a raging cyclone in a tenement house, and storm cellars were much in demand. Fanning is the name of a certain style of gunplay not unknown among the bad men of the West. While Buck was not a bad man, he had to rub elbows with them frequently, and he believed that the sauce for the goose was the sauce for the gander. So he had removed the trigger of his revolver and worked the hammer with the thumb of the gun hand or the heel of the unencumbered hand. The speed thus acquired was greater than that of the more modern double-action weapon. Six shots in a few seconds was his average speed when that number was required, and when it is thoroughly understood that at least some of them found their intended billets, it is not difficult to realize that fanning was an operation of danger when Buck was doing it. He was a good rider, as all cowboys are, and was not afraid of anything that lived. At one time, he and his chums, Red Connors and Hopalong Cassidy, had successfully routed a band of fifteen Apaches who wanted their scalps. Of these, twelve never hunted scalps again, nor anything else on this earth, and the other three returned to their tribe with the report that three evil spirits had chased them with wheel guns, cannons. So now, since his visit to Perry's Bend, the rivalry of the two towns had turned to hatred and an alert and eager readiness to increase the inhabitants of each other's graveyard. A state of war existed, which for a time resulted in nothing worse than acrimonious suggestions. But the time came when the score was settled to the satisfaction of one side, at least. Four ranches were also concerned in the trouble. Buckskin was surrounded by two, the Bar 20 and the Three Triangle. Perry's Bend was the common point for the C-80 and the Double Arrow. Each of the two ranch contingents accepted the feud as a matter of course, and as a matter of course took sides with their respective towns. As no better class of fighters ever lived, the trouble assumed Homeric proportions and ensured a danger zone well worth watching. Bar 20's northern line was C-80's southern one, and Skinny Thompson took his turn at outriding one morning after the season's roundup. He was to follow the boundary and turn back stray cattle. When he had covered the greater part of his journey, he saw Shorty Jones riding toward him on a course parallel to his own and about long revolver range away. Shorty and he had crossed trails the year before, and the best of feelings did not exist between them. Shorty stopped and stared at Skinny, who did likewise at Shorty. Shorty turned his mount around and applied the spurs, thereby causing his indignant horse to raise both heels at Skinny. The latter took it all in gravely, and as Shorty faced him again, placed his left thumb to his nose, wiggling his fingers suggestively. Shorty took no apparent notice of this, but began to shout, "'Who wants to keep your busted-down cows on your own side? It was all over us day afore yesterday.' I'm going to salt any more what comes over, and don't you forget it neither. Thompson wigwagged with his fingers again and shouted in reply, You can salt all you wants to, but if I catch you doing it, you won't have to work no more. And I can say right here that there's more C-80 cows over here than these bar 20s over there. Shorty reached for his revolver and yelled, You're a liar. Among the cowboys in particular, and the westerners in general at that time, the three suicidal terms, unless one was an expert in drawing quick and shooting straight with one movement, were the words liar, coward, and thief. Any man who was called one of these in earnest, and he was the judge, was expected to shoot if he could and save his life, 
for the words were seldom used without a gun coming with them. The movement of Shorty's hand toward his belt before the appellation reached him was enough for Skinny, who let go at long range and missed. The two reports were as one. Both urged their horses nearer and fired again. This time Skinny's sombrero gave a sharp jerk and a hole appeared in the crown. The third shot of Skinny's sent the horse of the other to its knees and then over on its side. Shorty very promptly crawled behind it, and as he did so, Skinny began a wide circle, firing at intervals as Shorty's smoke cleared away. Shorty had the best position for defense, as he was in a shallow coulee, but he knew that he could not leave it until his opponent had either grown tired of the affair or had used up his ammunition. Skinny knew it, too. Skinny also knew that he could get back to the ranch house and lay in a supply of food and ammunition and return before Shorty could cover the twelve miles he had to go on foot. Finally, Thompson...